Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is episode 41 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening. However you got here, through iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, just through the Albuquerque Journal's website. However you're here, just glad you're here listening. And episode 41's a, a fun one. I had a, a fun conversation earlier today as I record this on Saturday, April 3rd. I had a conversation earlier today with Andy Katz, the longtime ESPN staffer who, who did a variety of things for ESPN. He is now working with the NCAA and, and under the Turner umbrella a little bit, Turner Sports. And obviously for purposes that uh, some people know listening and some may not, he, is, he started his journalism, sports journalism career as a Albuquerque Journal staffer out of the University of Wisconsin. He covered Lobo basketball. He was the beat writer covering the Lobos from 90 to 95. And over the last few weeks, Andy was able to join the NBA on TNT crew with the great Ernie Johnson, who I have a ton of respect for as a as a sports journalist and and obviously the NBA stars of Kenny Smith and, and Hall of Famer Charles Barkley. He was he was on a in a in studio setting with those guys and the NBA and TNT crew does the March Madness coverage every year. And Andy was thrown into the mix this year, and I thought he did really good. He was sort of the uh, the the newsbreaker, the the news um, guy on the on the staff on the set, if you will. And uh, but they also had fun. As anybody who watches NBA on TNT during the NBA season knows, th- those guys have fun and veer off course quite a bit. And they did that with Andy a little bit too. And and it wasn't always about NCAA basketball and NCAA tournament basketball. At one point during the one of the broadcasts on March twentieth. Charles Barkley and, uh, well, I guess it started with Andy. He had mentioned he wanted to be on Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson's podcast, The Steam Room, and noted on air that he hadn't been invited yet, to which Barkley retorted, uh, you know, well, well, we didn't know you before. Now that we know you, we can invite you. And Andy said, we have met before and brought out a, a photo that was taken of Andy Katz interviewing Charles Barkley on October 23rd, 1991, in the pit, on the pit floor, when Charles Barkley and the Philadelphia 76ers played a preseason exhibition game in the pit against the Denver Nuggets. And um, I, I don't know if it's the very first preseason game. I, I think it may have been for Dikembe Mutombo and, and the Nuggets, but Charles Barkley was at the height of his, his NBA stardom at that point, and he was the star of the show. And the picture taken by Jim Thompson, who is still a staff photographer at the Journal, Uh, Got a good chuckle um, when it was on TV last week with uh, a young Andy Katz, obviously, and a very uh, smaller, very much smaller uh, Charles Barkley and skinnier Charles Barkley wearing his gold chain, as he always did in those years. And um, Andy said, we haven't met before. Here's the picture to prove it. Charles said, well, you were a nobody then. Now you're somebody. You can be on my podcast. You were, you know, a nobody then. And Ernie Johnson asked Andy where he worked at the time. And he said, I was working with the Albuquerque Journal at the time, to which... Charles responded, Albuquerque Journal, I, I'll i go out on a limb and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll bet you the Albuquerque Journal is, you know, no, no longer exists, to which I uh, then had fun and pointed out no long, not only do we still exist, but, you know, here's some pictures of Andy Katz when he was a reporter here and they use those on, on the broadcast as well. Long story short, Andy Katz had fun with the, with the TNT crew, so I wanted to talk to him about his experience and I... 
I also noticed that earlier this week, um, again, as I record this on Saturday, I think the podcast posted Friday, but it was recorded on Wednesday. Um, Andy was, in fact, on the Steam Room podcast with with Ernie and Chuck, and uh, Chuck had some really good things to say about Andy and, and getting to know him and work with him over the past few weeks. So Andy's been on this podcast before. He was on when UNM be um, in Brooklyn in 2019, in the 1920 season, but it was December of 2019 in Brooklyn, uh, UNM kind of beat pretty handily uh, a very good Wisconsin team. And uh, Andy was there in Brooklyn covering that event as, as I was covering the Lobos. And I had him on a podcast then. So this is the second time former Albuquerque Journal staffer Andy Katz has been on this podcast. I always appreciate Andy for, for taking the time to do that. He still gets back to Albuquerque regularly. His wife, Denise Padilla, um, they met here uh, when he was working at the Journal, and she's from Albuquerque. Her parents are, to my knowledge, still here in Albuquerque, so he gets back here regularly. And um, Andy's always had good things to say about Albuquerque and, and about the Lobos. He does, at the end of this podcast, unsolicited, mention his, you know, offer up his thoughts on Richard Patino and the hire. And he knows Richard from working, Andy working at the Big Ten Network in, in recent years. So that was fun. Um, hope you guys enjoy this. Obviously, we're still covering the the new era of Lobo basketball with Richard Patino at the helm, his hiring of staff, obviously players coming and going this time of year. Please log on, follow the coverage that we're, we're still putting out every day about Lobo basketball, and that's at abqjournal.com slash sports, and subscribe. Local journalism is important now as it ever has been, and I hope you do so. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can Come and follow our coverage online. You get the digital, the e-replica, the digital version of our product. And, and it also helps us continue things like this, like this podcast and these interviews that don't just fit into print. Although this art, I would do have an article in Sunday's journal about this Andy Katz interview, but that only has a, a very small portion of this podcast that you're about to listen to now. So hope you enjoy it. Here's a conversation I had Saturday. He's in Indianapolis. I'm here at home in Albuquerque and, uh, Saturday conversation before the final four games with Andy Katz. Yes, so I made my way here on uh, Thursday. So I was in Atlanta for 18 days, was here for the Big Ten tournament prior to that in Indy. So I've been gone uh, since March 8th, um, and I'll be back on the 28th, or excuse me, April 6th, I guess. Um, So it was a great, absolutely great run. Uh, at Turner Studios, um, joining the NBA guys on the set. They were incredible, warm. Um, you, of course, had a hand in some comedy uh, <laughs> that you, uh, you know, threw out the Cool Cats uh, poster size that we had some uh, fun with. Because you gotta, you gotta be self-deprecating. Uh, you can't take yourself too seriously. You can't you can't have a thick skin? Excuse me, you can't have a thin skin. You must have a thick skin. And, um, yeah, it was definitely, you know, some humor, but you know, it's funny, you know, there were two other, uh, ads that took place then. Um, but that one rubbed a few people in particular the wrong way. Did, did it really? Uh, although, <laughs> go ahead. So that, that ad that ran in the journal back then, that, that ad is what you mean rubbed some people the wrong way, huh? Well, mainly Dennis Latta. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. because... Here they were pumping me up as the young kid out of college uh, and introducing me to the community in a bit of a, you know, <laughs> outlandish way. Um, and 
when I was young, I don't know if I would have done the same thing today, <laughs> but, um, uh, but anyway, uh, it was fun, but you know, um, it was just, it was definitely a little overwhelming and I was appreciative at the time that they were promoting me like that. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, it definitely, I think definitely <laughs> pushed some people to think like, wait a minute, what are they doing here? Yeah, what is this? But, you know, look, I mean, they obviously wanted to get my name out there to the community right off the bat. Well, the, the, the ad itself obviously is, is perfect fodder for, for years later in a setting with, with uh, Kenny and Ernie and, and obviously Charles to, to poke some fun at. Um, how, how fun was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask kind of just the general sense, how fun was being on that set with with that crew? Because, look, Ernie, as far as journalism goes, Ernie's as, as professional as there is, you know, and, and I think people maybe don't realize the, the talent it takes to kind of rein in um, a, a crew like that and what they got going is as good as there is on sports television, really. And uh, Ernie's well, the best. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he does a great job of blending personalities. Uh, obviously, they're the, the, the class, the Emmy Award winners, and they have been for decades. Um, and, you know, they made me feel right at home. Um, you know, the good thing is, I had met them before. I had had a couple of interactions, but not much. Um, but I also felt very comfortable and what Ernie did was great, which was um, uh, that he a lot of times started with me to start the conversation, Yeah, which I thought was really brilliant because I would offer the context, the perspective from the college side because they don't follow it. And, you know, I follow the NBA, but I don't watch it every night. I don't pretend to be as well-versed as they are. But um, so by starting with me a lot, that would then spur the conversation going the other way, which I think made a lot of sense. Well, I, and you know, and then there might be some back and forth, but um, I thought that was a great way to do it. Well, I, I think too the look, and you get this as well as anybody by this point. You know, social media is what it is. There's people that just absolutely hammer Chuck and Kenny um, every year for their NCAA tournament involvement, but it isn't like those guys aren't doing work. Like, yeah, you know, Chuck gets NBA names wrong every now and then wrong, and it isn't that he doesn't do the work or know the NBA. So when he does this once a year and some people kind of, some are critical of, of those two, like the, the reality is like they do their work and they're doing that show for a reason because they're pretty darn good at it too. Like even in their positions, Ernie's a pro, of course, but but Chuck and Kenny are pretty good at this too, and I, I thought the show came off well. Um, th- those two yeah, guys... I mean, if I could just add this, because I saw it with my own eyes, well, first of all, they don't take themselves too seriously, but at the same time, they don't make it a mockery. Right, right. And, um, and you know, I think they add, uh, uh, you know, the necessary sort of, I wouldn't say comedy or, um, uh, you know, but just sort of looseness about the whole thing. But I also would say that um, I saw it. Like, when they watch games, and I've been around a lot of analysts in my career, um you know, that they um, they pick up things immediately. Yeah. Like, I was very impressed. I shouldn't be because they are who they are. But I was just very impressed. Like, they watched a half and they like, okay, these are the tendencies. This is what they do. This is where they should be going. Uh, and so, and, and that's the other thing too. Like, trust me, I don't want to name names. But I've worked with some people in my past where we would be off the set 
and then they would wander and you'd never see them again. Right. Okay, until it was time to come back on the set. Maybe they watched the games, maybe they didn't. These guys watched the games. Like, they were watching the game. I saw it with my own eyes. They were watching everything. And so, um, yeah, they may have butchered some of the names, but they watched what everyone was doing. So that, I would say, I would take offense with if people, you know, I don't think people are, but it, some might suggest that they definitely pay attention. They, um, I, there's a reason they keep coming back, too, and there's a reason they keep winning Emmys. Um, they're, they're pretty darn good at this, and, and they have a way of relaying that to, to the masses, which is the point of the whole show. Um, how, did you, uh, how, how did you get this? You, your, your current gig is with, with Turner, I, I guess, right? So, um, I, it's sort of an interesting deal. Um, you know, I'm sort of a hybrid with everyone. Yeah. So my main deal is with NCA Turner. Um, but my main sort of arching gig, as you know, Jeff is a digital component. Um, because what, what changed since I left ESPN when I first started with these guys was the NCA as in Indy where I am now. They controlled March Madness and all the social content and dot com. And then what happened literally during that first year in 2018, um, 17, 18, it all got shifted on the men's side and uh, actually a lot of the other sports um, to Atlanta. So now Turner Sports controls the digital arm of NCAA.com and the majority of content related to NCAA sports. Uh, so I barely work with Indy out, you know, outside of my, the social series I've been doing. Most of my work is with Atlanta. And so the last couple of years when we had a tournament, I was doing the Fast Break show, which is for the March Madness app. So I was actually there with all these guys. I just wasn't on the main set. Okay. Um, you know, so that would have been in uh, the 18 tournament and the 19 tournament. I was there during the first week and a half, and then I would go on the road for the last part of the Elite Eight. So I got to know everyone. And then this year, because of COVID, um, they decided not to have Ernie, Kenny, and Charles fly to New York, stay in Atlanta. And so the sets were set. So Seth, Wally, Clark, and Greg Gumbel were in New York, and they just looked at that set and they said, what are we missing? We're missing someone who, who covers the sport all the time. And look, they could have gone with you know, a college coach, or they could have gone with, um, I don't know, I mean, but clearly they all said, no, I should be the guy. I obviously am already working for that entity. Sure. Um, and so it was a natural, and uh, it went great. <laughs> you, were, were you given any, either, not necessarily instruction, well, yeah, I guess, were you given any instruction or any advice on kind of being being the straight guy to, to what Kenny and, and Chuck bring, which is a little bit of uh you know, every man humor or every man kind of approach to it, although they're experts in their field, they're certainly not just every man when it comes to basketball. But were you told to, to sort of in any way rein them in, or was that just Ernie kind of guiding the ship when it comes to that kind of stuff? No, no. We, I met with the producers, uh, Tim Kiley and Jeremy Levin, who are unbelievable. And they just said, be you. You know, be you. And I love TK, as he's known, Tim Kiley. If you watch any of the documentary they did on the inside the NBA, he's in there. Um, he used to be at ESPN and th- what they do, which I wish other shows would mimic, but of course, uh, they don't, um, because other places I've worked are much more sort of tight and by the book. Sure. 
is the host is the only one that has the rundown. So that would be, you know, the rundown is the flow of the show um, for your listeners. And um, so Ernie was the only one that had it. I could hear the producer in my ear, um, you know, but a lot of times, and and the reason they have this flexibility and freedom is obviously on TNT and TBS, uh, and to some extent, true, but true is the only time it's on true is, you know, during the tournament. Yeah, the annual. When they do the NBA on TBS or TNT, or I guess it's only TNT in the NBA, but in this format, mainly TBS and TNT, is it's always taped programming after, unlike, you know, ESPN, Fox, um, where you got to maybe go to another event. Yeah. Uh, so they have that flexibility that if you pick up, you know, uh, whatever movie or, you know, uh, CSI or whatever the hell they're running, you know, yeah. you know, you can pick it up whenever. And, um, so we didn't like have an end time. It wasn't sometimes a hard... we went 30 minutes, sometimes we went 45. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that was great. So I never felt like I got to get this in in 20 seconds. I mean, there might, when we did the CBS half times, cause that was cool that we actually mixed in CBS. Yeah. You had uh, to do it there a little, a little harder. It was I think. really tight, which I get. They have a lot of like specific ad times that have to run. And so those half times were a little tighter uh, and much more um, traditional, if you will. But um, there was a lot more flexibility and freedom. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just not everyone is them. We know that. Yeah. You know, and you can't, the other thing, you can't fake it. Like, that's who they are. And I sat there and watched, you know, games, golf, I mean, whatever was on in the green room when I was with uh, Charles, because we were like kind of spread out sure. COVID. So Kenny was in this other room, Ernie was in his office and me and Charles were in this bigger room. And, um, so whatever, you know, there's like 10 screens and just different things were on and yeah. we talk about whatever, but I'm just telling you, that's who they are. And so not everyone can do that because not everyone is sort of off the cuff or loose, you know. Um, and so that's the thing. You always had to just be yourself. Well, he, he's, um, yeah, Charles is certainly comfortable as, at this point. He's comfortable in his own skin. That is who he is. I, I do want to, I, I listen to the, the steam room podcast that he and Ernie do. And, um, you know, I, I, he, what he said about you on the intro, I don't know if you heard it before you came in, if how they edited that, if you're, if you're part of the podcast was there, but what he said about you was, was pretty telling. I, I'm going to, Play it right here um, for my podcast. Just what he said about you, and then uh, and then have have you respond to it. But the, here, here's what Charles said um, as they introduced you in their podcast and, and the time that he spent with you. It was a little different feel, but I will tell you, it, working with Andy and I'm not blowing smoke up his ass. Not that that wouldn't be fun for who. I thought it was really cool to have somebody so inside to have access to all these coaches. I thought brought a lot to the table and I really enjoyed working with Andy because like I say we don't know any of these coaches personally but to have all these coaches on the speed dial and have the referees on the speed dial I mean I thought he brought a lot to the table so that was that was Charles saying on his own podcast after you guys were already done working you know obviously nice things about you that he didn't have to say and and frankly Charles while he's a nice guy he just doesn't randomly throw out nice niceties to people if he doesn't have to so it sounds like he enjoyed his time with you as well yeah which is great and i love that um you followed it up with a pretty 
powerful statement yourself saying, uh, you know, you did eight years of Obama brackets and this was, uh, you know, this was right there with that or, or, or maybe better. And, and I was, I was surprised to hear that. It sounds like it was that enjoyable. Well, because though. I think also, um, naturally, Jeff, that was about him. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Um, good, good point. I'm not saying this was about me, but it was about my content. Sure. If that makes sense. No, 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 it the does. Obama it does. Bracket, which was awesome. I would do it again with him any day of the week. Uh, I loved it. You know, it was my creation and to see it to its fruition. But that was about his content and it should have been. Absolutely. Um, this was about my content at a big stage. Uh, so that was wonderful. And uh, I will say this. I sort of want to end with this is that what was great, and I appreciate you sending that to me, um, even though it's self-deprecating, I think it also was great for, uh, because the picture I ran after, I also added of me and him, of Charles, you know, was at a game at the pit. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to... Sixers, Sixers exhibition game yep. back in the early 90s um, that... I can't remember who they played, but it was the Sixers were there. And uh, I want to say Jim, I'm almost positive Jim Thompson took that picture <laughs> and gave it to me. Yeah. And I just out of the blue remembered that I think I still had it and I found it. Um, but also, I thought that was great that that gave, a, you know, that sort of shined a light on Albuquerque. Yeah. And, um, and I thought that was great. Like, you know, that was a long time ago, but I've never forgot where I started what it means to me and it was great sort of on a national stage to share that well i was gonna um, i was gonna say and kind of use a phrase that you used a couple times in the past week to to wrap up the segments was uh, i'll put a bow on this um by saying this that when when he brought up the albuquerque journal i thought was obviously we had fun with it and stuff like that and 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 for those that didn't see it um i'll, I'll certainly in my intro kind of mention it but uh you know, what Charles said was that he, he, I'll go out on the limb and say the Albuquerque Journal isn't in existence. And of course, in the offense or in the office, we, we pointed out that, you know, we may be half the size now. And it, uh, that picture you showed, Chuck was probably half the size then that he was now. And we were having fun with it. But yeah, the Albuquerque Journal certainly still is a part of it. And you've always been great about not, you know, ignoring that that was a, a part of your journey to where you got to as well. And, uh, and, and we're always appreciative of that. And the last thing I want to say, and we can obviously talk later at a different time, but um, I hope Richard works out. Uh, I will tell you that I have thoroughly enjoyed my time at the Big Ten Network interacting with Richard. I think he is um, genuine. Um, you know, I don't want this to come out wrong because I don't want to rip Rick, his father, yeah. but he's different. He's not as intense. He doesn't take himself as seriously. Now, he is serious about the job, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. And I've always found him to be, you know, pretty transparent and will say, hey, what's the deal? Like, if we didn't play well, we didn't play well. And he's not going to, like, throw guys under the bus. But, I mean, he was always a good quote. He was accessible, and I hope that continues. Um, I really could get him at any time, and I wasn't the only one at the Big Ten Network that felt that way. Um, and so... Uh, I hope it works out because he really is, uh, you know, I just think that you guys will have a different feeling in interacting with him. Um, and I hope that continues because, uh, you know, I, I, I just, 
I want him to have success because he is a really good guy. That that's all I've heard about um, from a lot of people who've worked with him, including people that knew him from the Big Ten Network um, days, and 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 I look forward to it. I do think UNM, you know, nobody knows with coaching hires anymore if it's going to work or not um, until you get a couple years in. But I, I do think UNM probably put themselves in as about as good a position to succeed with this hire as, as possible. So, look, I look forward to covering some some good Lobo basketball again. It's It's been a little while for me. Yes. But uh, uh, I look forward to well, it. Well, the other so. thing I'll just say real quick, Jeff, yeah. is that, you know, I do think because he's got the name, the national ties, I hope also on the scheduling front that that will change because yeah. he's going to want to play people. And that's an issue – you know, way back to when I covered the team in the nineties, you know, they were always, they were always, Oh, we got to have all these pit games. And of course you need to, it's, you know, financially, but at the same time you got to play people. Yeah. And, uh, especially now in the mountain West. So you do, you really do. And I, I, hope that happens. I think the last time you and I talked on one of these was because they happened to be in one of the tournaments when, when Wisconsin and, and UNM played, but, um, they, they need to try and find outside of that tournament setting in November, the, um, just one or two games a non-conference season where they where they pick one of those games up, and I do think he will figure out a way to do that. So we'll see. Okay, Andy, appreciate you. Um, have fun. I know you're in Indy. Go go cover some games. I, I heard you were also looking at the Miley Cyrus sound checks or something. I heard Matt Norlander mention that. So uh, in, enjoy, if not the basketball, go enjoy some Miley Cyrus while you're there. Hey, any kind of live music, I'm looking forward to at least hearing something. <laughs> And by the way, I got fully vaccinated, so I'm good. I'm I'm one shot in. I got one more coming in a couple weeks, but I appreciate you for saying that too because it's important, man. We're we're almost there. We're we're so close, yeah. and uh, good for the NCAA for pulling off this tournament as well as they have. Um, but we're not quite there. Let's 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 all figure out a way to get there. So I appreciate okay. you, Andy. Thank you so much. All right, well, there you go. There's my conversation with Andy Katz on Saturday. That was April 3rd that I recorded that before the two Final Four games that played out, obviously, between Gonzaga, UCLA, the late game, and, and Houston Baylor, the early game. So much appreciative to Andy, as always, for, for giving the time and and still kind of you know never running away from, from where he came from, which was Albuquerque, was his first job after college, and obviously... Um, he's always been gracious with his time to be on these podcasts. This is the second one he was on. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you, uh, hope you keep listening. Hope you keep following us and our coverage, um, in the Albuquerque journal and the print edition subscribe. Obviously, as I asked earlier, I'll ask again, abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can get there. And obviously follow us online, abqjournal.com slash sports. will get you right to our sports coverage. There's a lot going on high school sports that weren't played in the fall or, are all being played right now in the spring. We got some state championships that happened the last couple days with some volleyball and some football and plenty else going on. Um, still a lot of news coming out of Lobo basketball, even though the season's over with the transition from the Paul Weir era to the Richard Patino era. Players coming and going, new coaches being hired. Lots of coverage happening there. And obviously, you can follow all that online. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Grammer. That's Jeff with the G. And you can email me. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of this podcast. Let me know what you think of all the podcasts who you might want to hear from. I'm at Jeff Grammer. I'm sorry, that's on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Grammer. Email is gGrammer at abqjournal.com. Let me know what you think. Let my bosses know what you think. Spread the word. Keep listening. Keep reading. Hope you enjoy it. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>